Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you all. Thanks for joining me on this wonderful cold evening here in California. If you guys are out there, I hope you guys are staying warm. If you guys are out there investigating, make sure you bring uh, some blankets, dress warm, you know, of course, and always be safe. So thank you guys for joining me. You guys are here in the audio on uh, Live Paranormal, of course, and then you guys are following the show here. And you guys can catch uh, the replays on Paraflix. And, of course, the YouTube channel. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Get those alerts. You know, see what's going on. If you guys have any interest in what we are doing and what we are talking about, please feel free to put it in the comments. Let us know what you want to see. We've been doing that for a while now. It's working out great. So glad to hear some of the feedback that you guys have been sending. Uh, and it's been really great, positive things. So we do appreciate it. You know, let us know. If you want to see us do the investigation stuff out there for the Paraflix uh, show as well, you guys email us and let us know, and we'll be glad to check out some of those locations for you and bring you the background in a lot of those places and the cases that we do. Moving on, I want to bring on a special guest this week, a longtime friend of the show, Mr. Wayne Poe. Um, you guys remember we talked about him when he was doing uh, some films, but he he was doing a DVD called Hotel California, but it was actually Hotel Camarillo. We were talking about the DVD that he did, which is based on uh, one of our favorite asylums at the time, Camarillo State Hospital, which they've converted into Channel Islands University, uh, make it a little more difficult for those of us who really love that place to investigate um, to do so. But thankfully, Mr. Poe was able to do the documentary and bring some of those stories to you uh, regarding that, that place that, unfortunately, we do not get to cover. So let's go ahead and bring Mr. Poe on the show. Look, I just busted a rhyme, everybody. So here we go. <laughs> hey, Wayne, how Hello. are you? How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Stefan? All right. Keeping busy, trying to stay warm, trying to stay warm. It's cold out there. Yep. Awesome. So I was just telling the people that are tuning in and watching the show, uh, reminding them about, you know, your, your DVD work, which has always been incredible. You're, you're a great documentor. Uh, and especially with um, uh, Hotel Camarillo, which was amazing and then the one previous to that was night stalkers for paranormal investigators um which was huge and let's talk a little bit about that let's go back to the beginning of how you started getting into the paranormal well, i've always had an interest growing up but not a serious one and eventually i just kind of grew out of it and became more of a skeptic didn't believe in ghosts and things like that. And um, in about 2009, 2010, I wanted to film something. And a friend of mine suggested a documentary. So uh, the ghost shows just barely started coming on. I think Ghost Adventures was on and uh, Ghost Hunters. And uh, I decided to do a documentary on on people that hunt ghosts to see what it was like. I didn't have any, I didn't have any belief in ghosts at that point. I thought it would be a, kind of a, a fun thing to focus on the people that do it instead of the evidence, because I didn't think I'd get any evidence anyway. 
that's that's pretty much how I started. I, I made a I made a bunch of phone calls to all the local uh, paranormal investigators around Southern California. I got a very few hits, but the ones I did have, uh, the first one of the people that I um, one of the groups that answered me, I was out a, a week later. I was out on an investigation with them. Cool. And this is one of the teams that was featured in the documentary. It was in uh, Night Stalkers. Yeah, that was uh, a Psy Paranormal. And uh, they they broke up even before the documentary was over, before I finished it. So a lot of groups came up and broke up in a, a two or three year period. You know, so there was a lot, a lot of uh, changeover. <laughs> you know, it, it's compared to the entertainment industry. You know, it's like, like bands. You get these bands that are coming out and they're coming out blazing guns. And all of a sudden, they just burn out real quick, you know. And they all join different groups and subgroups. Yeah. Stay with it. Some don't. I mean, you just kind of move on and continue with the field, you know. Yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of it 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 kind of it's kind of sad to see some of the breakups of the groups because some of them I some of them I just I, I didn't know that well. Some of them I really respected, and even the big, bigger groups were breaking up too. So by 2013, a lot of the big groups are, were already gone. You know, there's some, there's some still out there, but they don't seem to investigate or put their investigations online anymore. It's good to see that some are still around, though. I mean, it's, it's like paranormal people. You get these people that kind of stay true to their investigative work uh, that came from some of these groups. And I've noticed that over the years. You know, I see these groups come and go and they're always lumping together. But there's always these key members that kind of keep the torch going. Right. Well, excellent. So tell us about um, with Night Stalkers. Um, you're, you're doing stuff for Linda Vista Hospital, which is what's always an amazing place. Um, tell us about um, yeah. the production for that when you were putting that piece together. The production for uh, Night Stalkers or, or one of the segments like Linda Vista? Um, just the whole concept. You decided you're going to do this documentary oh. and you contacted teams. How did, how did you kind of group everything together and you start yeah. focusing on the documentary itself? Well, I, I just waited for, I, I contacted a lot of groups, a lot of groups that I got to know later, uh, didn't answer me the first time. Like, uh, for instance, 3AM Paranormal, they, uh, I didn't get a return contact. Uh, uh, HAPS, how, uh, what was that? Harbor Area Paranormal, NOPS, uh, didn't, didn't call, you know, didn't write me back, but I got to know these groups later on, you know? So when I started, uh, Cy, like I said, Cy Paranormal was the first group to contact me. And, um, I just started going on these, uh, these trips with these groups, like, a like a, uh, a reporter going in and, be, and behind the scenes with, uh, like the troops, you know what I mean? I, I didn't want to put myself into the documentary. I wanted to just, you know, document what they were doing, you know? That's what that was my main focus is document what the people are doing and why they're doing it and how they're doing it, how they set up. And uh, as I got 
more and more into uh finally a couple people a couple more people would uh email me so i'd go on their investigations and and then one of the big things that happened was uh queen con at the queen mary and i was able to meet a bunch of paranormal investigators all at one time and just i was just there like going wow you know everybody's everybody's here so i'm i'm listening i'm i uh interviewed the uh, the booth brothers um a few other people um mark and debbie constantino were there i didn't i didn't interview them but i uh, i uh, recorded what they were saying that they, they had a small uh presentation and i was there for the two days that uh i don't know if that, i don't know if it was any longer but i was there for two days for queen con and i got so people got to see me and know what i was doing they saw my cheap little uh video camera that i had i was i wasn't a I wasn't a huge production. I was just this one guy with a, a, a small cam, you know, consumer camcorder that ran on a tape at the digital tape. That's how I had this yeah. big brick camera. That's my, what I recorded my first documentary on. And it was kind of underwhelming, I guess, for some people, but other people kind of eased into me more that I'm not, I'm not, uh, not this huge corporation doing a documentary. <coughs> That's, yeah, I know some people are like that, but nowadays people are just doing it on their phones and stuff and making these big productions. So it's like how the times have changed, you know, from big equipment down. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end of Night Stalkers, I had to retire my camera because I couldn't find digital tape anymore. But, you know, the digital, uh, the tapes go into, they, they stopped selling them at Best Buy and stuff like that. So I, I had to upgrade as you go with the time now I could just do a, I could do an investigation on my phone, I guess. But, uh, I yeah. like to get a, a few better shots. I have a, I have a camera that, uh, is a much better than the one I used to have. And, um, you know, if, when I, if, and when I do a third documentary, if I can get one started again, I'll have all this extra equipment. I well, can only dream about, uh, my first documentary. Nice. It's always good to have that stuff in case you ever really need to use it for different things. I mean, now you got all the equipment. Now you can just go on and continue to doing more and more stuff. So awesome. Hey, tell us about um, when you're making that, the locations that you were at. Like, what are the key points to some of the places you went to? Uh, the first few locations were residentials. And... Um, I don't know. It was, it was for me. I was getting. It was kind of. I was kind of ner nervous to go to people's houses and and because some of the uh, some of the claims by the investigators that I was with were a little wild. That so you have a demon in your house, or this person was killed oh, wow. in your closet. Yeah, it always starts off with a demon, right? Towering in the corner back there. Yeah, and I'm going. Wow, you really you really telling this person they have a demon in their closet, and they, then we're gonna bye. See you later. <laughs> with the yeah. demons still in your closet you know so it was yeah. kind of weird like that I, I was much i was glad uh, when we got to location so the next group i the next group after that group i went with was uh uh r.i.p paranormal and uh, they investigated suicide bridge and then it went on to the anaheim white house with uh cppi and then um after queen con i got to know 3 a.m paranormal more and I, I was able to document the very first one to document the beginning of the uh, Paranormal Housewives. And they were at uh, Linda Vista Hospital. 
So they were filming something for the very first time. And I got to document that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then after um, that, um, yeah, Re uh, Rebecca from 3AM Paranormal said, if you think Linda Vista is, is the, the, you know, the, the main scary place, wait till I take you to this other place we go to. And that turned out to be Camarillo State uh, Mental Hospital. That's awesome. And what a great place that was. So much history. I mean, just, oh, just yeah. the history alone is good. And then you get the hauntings and the weird things that are happening there. It's just such a great place. I wish I wish we had, they didn't tear some of those buildings down because some of those buildings were so great. And, and the research being done there was so good. And uh, it's sad that they had to redo a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I've got, I have so much for, well, my second documentary is Hotel Camarillo about Camarillo, Camarillo State Mental Hospital because everybody from Night Stalkers were telling me, oh, you got to go to Camarillo. Wait till you get to Camarillo. Camarillo this, Camarillo that, Camarillo this. And everybody was going all the time. So I decided my second documentary was going to be about Camarillo State Mental Hospital because I knew uh, at least one investigator who'd been going there for over 10 years and he had 10 years worth of, of footage from uh from Camarillo and right right now I've got sitting on my on my hard drive sort of past almost 10 years now uh I could do five or six hotel Camarillos that's how much that's how much video footage and investigations and I got all kinds of stuff on Camarillo I can only I only made Camarillo uh hotel Camarillo one hour because I didn't want people just to be falling off their chairs bored you know <laughs> but yeah I mean I got a lot of I got a ton of stuff I, I just wanted to put the the very best I can get in there, you know. And um, I, I even con I tried to I tried to do it the quote unquote right way, <laughs> you know. And I contacted uh, Cal State Channel Islands. And I wanted to know if I can film there, and they said we want absolutely nothing to do with the paranormal. We're not interested. We don't we don't care what's on YouTube. We don't want nothing to do with the paranormal. And I said, yeah. okay. And then that kind of gave me like a little loophole because everything that's been recorded over the past 10 years has already been on YouTube, at least in pieces, you know? But so well, if they don't care about what's on uh, YouTube, I can throw it in the documentary and they're, they're not going to have a problem with it. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I kind of got away with that. Yeah. As long as they're not officially saying something's haunted or whatever, because the school, uh, they're good. They don't care what everybody else has done or what they've, they've you know, filmed and put out there. Right. They yeah. Have nothing to do with them themselves. So, yeah. 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 So I, I got really lucky on that. Um, I don't know if you wanted to squeeze in, you want to merge in the hotel Camarillo now, but I, we can still talk about night stalkers if you want. Well, I know night stalkers has some great places and you're talking about, uh, some of the teams you worked with and it, it, it's, it's funny, we're talking at the beginning of the show, we're talking about paranormal groups and certain people in these groups that, and they come and go. And you mentioned like three or four groups that uh, I really enjoyed working with, you know, in the past, back in those days. And it just seems sad, where are those groups now? I mean, they, they kind of moved on, but like I said, each one of those groups had like these key investigators, which were amazing. You know, 3, 3 a.m. paranormal, I mean, I learned a uh, some good stuff and spending time with those guys. So uh, I wish that some of those teams were still around. Yeah, me too. I, I, I practically 
I don't say I lived at their I lived at their place, but I was there a lot, and I learned a lot of. I I asked uh, Joe Mendoza tons of questions because uh, him and Rebecca, I could see they were more serious than the than the earlier people that I was following the Psy Paranormal and Demon 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 Demon, yeah. you know. <laughs> but uh, the more the later groups, like I said, CPPI and. 3 a.m. They took it more seriously, and I was able to ask questions, and uh, you know, just because I didn't know any answers. And why? I have friends. I asked, "Why do you investigate at night?" And then a lot of the a lot of the stuff happens during the day, and they said, "Well, we'll investigate during the day if that's when the activity is." But a lot of times, the activity at night when things are quiet and you can hear things going on during the day, there's so much going on by the outside world, you're not going to be able to hear an EVP or a quiet whisper or anything like that, you know, or if people get hit or knocked over or something, if that happens during the day, they'll go during the day. I said, okay, that sounds, that sounds, uh, interesting, you know, and they, they'd give me their different, um, they'd give me their different theories about what they think is happening. And not everything was a ghost. Not everything was paranormal. You know, of course you're in, you're in, uh, places that have been abandoned for a while. You get, you know, Buildings are going to settle. Things are going to crack and stuff. And I'm glad I wasn't with people that go, oh, my God, and ran out of there. You know, they was, oh, that's, we, we hear that all the time. That's nothing. You know, this and that. And let's move on. So it was, it was really cool to, to be with those groups and able to ask them intelligent questions. And they're not giving me answers that are tinfoil hat answers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy conspiracy stuff or like, you know, once again, like you're talking about the teams that go in there and right off the top, they're a demon, demon. If someone got scratched, it must be a demon. Everybody right. leave. Like, really? No. Come on. Let's rethink this. What if it's just a regular spirit who thinks you're a dick and wants to make you think it's a demon? You know? And that happens all right. the time. So come on, guys. The, the, the chances of it being a demon. Yeah, are I, I mean, uh, one of the things the... Uh... One of the things the more serious groups taught me is... Uh... If you're a jerk in real life, you'll probably be a jerk when you're dead. So it's not a demon. It's just an a-hole. <laughs> That's a ghost or a, a spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not a demon. Not, I can't say that I wouldn't be one of those guys. You know, if I'm just kicking back, all of a sudden here comes <laughs> the jackass. Tell me your name. Who are you? It's like, oh, this crap again? <laughs> no. I'm a demon. Here, look, I'm move a cup. I'm Abraham I'm Lincoln. Run away, run away. You know, it's like, no, dude. <laughs> right. I, uh, I unfortunately I, I, now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I. Well, I was saying, unfortunately I, now what I what I see on TikTok and YouTube is a, uh, especially at Camarillo, I've seen. You know, we found a demon, or we're, they're running for their lives, and they're they're bent over. You know, going, "Oh my God!" You know, I was like, "Give me a break!" I've been, I've been, I spent so many hours and and a couple of years in Camarillo. There's nothing, at least at that time. I mean, I haven't been there in a few years. Uh, there's nothing demonic about Camarillo, as far as I saw. <laughs> I totally agree. I've been there many many years, and it's always been pretty good. And I've had good experiences there. I had a spirit uh, come up to us in, in the middle of one of the hallways. And it was like four of us there. And it just casually, you hear this a man's voice say, hello. 
He's like, he wasn't trying to scare us. He was trying to figure out what we're doing and trying to get our attention. Like, hey, what are you guys doing? That kind of stuff. It wasn't like, oh, my God, it's trying to get me. It's going to eat my soul or anything. But I and I know these, these people who tell me shows, they're just trying to get a reaction so they can get ratings. And it's always that way. Oh, my God, run. It's coming out. Right. Run, run. It's like, dude, really? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to see. I mean, like I said, I've seen a I've seen a lot of stuff lately on YouTube and TikTok, and it doesn't seem people doesn't seem like people are investigating uh, seriously anymore. There's no there's no serious investigations going on, or at least not that many. They're more they're more like you said, sensationalism, and you know, I oh my God, there's a, something coming at me. Need to turn the camera on. There's nothing there. It, it was right there before you turned the camera. You know. And yeah. you know, it's just—it doesn't look like anybody's debunking anything. I mean, I've seen some things lately in the some of the paranormal groups that they saw a child hunched over in the hallway crying because they're in Camarillo, and it looks to me like it's a smudge on the window you're looking through. Yeah, you, you didn't even bother to to uh, debunk that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> clean the glass, then so, try to see if you can get an image. I mean, yeah, that's and that's what it is. Right, All exactly. Talking, doing their quick, you know, 30 second videos on YouTube. And I get it. People like things that are scary, but to a true paranormal investigator, we're not in this looking for something scary. We just want to know what's happening, what the difference is in these hauntings. Like, right. How come this one does this? One? How come that one does that one? I, I'm okay with watching documentaries where it's not uh, quick camera images or, oh my God. It was right there. I just saw the corner of my eyes. What was that? Do you hear that? You know, I don't. I don't need all that stuff. <laughs> I love watching documentaries about the history of a place, uh, who the people were, uh, what the place is now. You know, maybe the stories of those people might be haunting there. It's like great. You know, but I don't need to. I don't need all the the jump scares and all that that crap because I'm not looking right. for that. I'm maybe I'm just mature mature now and I don't need those those little things. But I, I want something quality where I'm watching. Go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, my, my documentaries, you can you can find them on Amazon Prime right now. And a, a lot of uh, some of the some of the comments were like, where's the ghost? I didn't see anything and I didn't see no ghost. This is this is how you call this a, a ghost documentary. That's not what it was about. You know, we you don't always I've been doing this for since 2010. I've never captured a full body apparition on vi video. And hours and hours and hours of filming. It's they're not, at least to, for me, they're not that prevalent. Where they're going to come up, and, hey, I'm here, I am. You know, you're not, you're not going to capture all yeah. kinds of things like that. EVPs and something door slamming that's different, but you're not yeah. going to see a ghost every five minutes. Yeah, they don't work <laughs> on command. All right, bring in the ghost. All right, on yeah, three. Yeah, and one thing. Right. <laughs> The one, the one good thing about uh, Hotel Camarillo, uh, one of the main investigators, uh, Frank Breckos, he had ten years worth of videotapes of going to Camarillo in the same places, the same buildings, and things like that. That we could go ten years later, still the same. Some of the most of the same places were still up. So, okay, this is ten years ago. This is what you captured there. We'll ask, ask the same questions to see what happens. And so we had all of this. We had all of this uh, 
this knowledge and this, you know, what, what this building is, what has happened here before. And, you know, so if we're there maybe an hour, we're working on information that's been in, and that's been uh, collected for 10 years. So we are adding, we're adding to that information. We're not just going into place the first time and, Oh, we're here for five minutes. I don't see a ghost. Let's go. You know, (laughs) we're, we're, uh, we're trying to, we're trying to keep building on the, on the, uh, on the history of what we have so far. And uh, one of the cool thing is you can, uh, you can actually see how Camarillo changed over 10 years. Like there was unit 44. That was one of the most scariest, uh, places in on campus. I was told, you know, and it's no longer there. I mean, it was, yeah, the building is the shell of the building still there, but it's now it's these brand new classrooms and stuff in there. So it's not really there anymore. But there we have footage from when it was abandoned and empty, and uh, we we built on that. That's that's what most of the the documentary is is returning, and this is this is what happened then. We're gonna see what happens now, and see what activity comes up. Yeah, exactly that. You know, and it's sad. It is a a, a different room there. Uh, it looks all redone and stuff. Uh, that's where the black bathroom, I believe, was, which everyone got a lot of activity in. Everyone talked about, and that's all gone. So that's it's really sad. Yeah, I I, lo- I love the black when we first found it. Yeah, when I first saw it for myself, I, this is this is crazy. It's all black and everything, you know, and just the way the the tub was in the middle. And there's two observation mirrors on each side. You know, it just looked like something out of a horror movie. I did do some research. I did as much research as I possibly could. And I found out, I believe it was painted by uh, university students that did some kind of a, a small film in there. It wasn't, it was never black when it was uh, Camarillo State Mental Hospital. Yeah. So I think uh, some, uh, some film. Yeah. I think it's, I think it was a, it might've been a short film or it might've been filmed from one of the university students that painted it all black, but it, it added, it added to the, it seemed to add to the uh, activity. There's, there's a lot of uh, EVPs that could be found there. Like ghosts going, why is it black now? Who the hell did this to my bathroom? <laughs> right. Damn kid. So it wasn't scary enough. Thanks for making it black too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that it was in that building that was known as the cycle area where they would do the cycle analysis and stuff like that just add to the whole creepiness of it. Like, oh my God, they must have been torturing people in here. It's like, no, this was done for a video shoot. I mean, come on. That happened. <laughs> well, people were tortured at Camarillo. That's how I've, all the research that I've done, you can find it in the LA Times articles. I We even interviewed a, a former patient from Camarillo for uh, Hotel Camarillo. And he told us some wild stories about them put the orders putting uh fire hoses on people and then getting their their skin blown off and stuff like that and all the you know just yeah when they were trying to some horror stories he was that talking about things, they would turn the hoses on of course and that's always a torture from those days right yeah yeah he, he he told us about what's known as the thorazine shuffle where you're where you're given some kind of a cocktail of two different drugs and you're just you're just walking around like a in a daze, you don't know where you, you are. And that's what they did to most of the patients so they can 
control them or maybe not have to even deal with them, you know? Yeah. Here, I'm going to take this stuff and go sit in that chair. And they just like zone out looking at the TV and stuff, drooling on themselves. It's like, wow, I'm turning them into a zombie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So with, with Hotel Camarillo, tell us about like when you're doing the research, uh, some of the stories that you heard were pretty horrific. Like what's one of the most horrific stories that you were told when doing the documentary? Well, uh, the, the things that I found when researching, uh, like people would uh, commit suicide there they one one pass one one patient hung themselves in a closet with uh handkerchiefs according to there's a book called called the keeper of the keys and it's allegedly yeah. from a, a nurse that worked at camarillo and uh she wrote it more like a almost like a diary and she was talking about doctors impregnating patients and some of the patients that got pregnant possibly the bodies were buried on the on the the campus, you know, with unmarked graves, the babies, you know, um, drug sales there, uh, torture, just for the fun of it. One one person uh, she told about, and this has happened in Ward 44. Uh, the uh, the person locked himself in their room and set their mattress on fire, and died died in uh, in flames. And they, wow. she has a whole passage about that from uh, Unit Forty Four. So there was there was some really, I mean, there was some really wild, you know, lots of people. There was like, for instance, 70, 1976, there were seventy five uh, deaths that that did that didn't get investigated, and then suddenly everybody started investigating Camarillo State Hospital, and a lot of a lot of the mental hospitals started having investigations about why these people are treated like that, why they're why are there so many deaths going on in this place where they're supposed to be there to be, be treated for mental illness and, and later on drug rehab and stuff like that? It's strange because places like that, state hospitals, which were supposed to take care of people, rehabilitate people, uh, you know, psychoanalyze them, do the best they can with them, supposed to be giving them a program of hope. Uh, how many times do we hear about those places that just have exactly that? They drug them up. They leave them in a room. They're they're malnourished. They're not taken care of, um, beaten, tortured, experimented on, uh, women uh, raped and stuff. It's like almost all the ones that we hear from those days are just have the same horrifying stories, and it's very sad. Right, and another another passage in uh, Keeper of the Keys is they heard the governor of California was going to visit. So they cleaned up one ward, cleaned the feces and their urine off the off the floor. They made it all beautiful, and they they walked them down that unit that was cleaned up. And I found a correlating real life uh, paper clipping of Ronald Reagan as the governor of that time in nineteen, I believe, nineteen sixty seven. Uh, he went there, and he went there to tour Camarillo because there was other reports of uh, misconduct there. So he went to he went to. to uh, Take a look, and of course they showed him down the sparkling, brand new, uh, cleaned up uh, corridors and stuff, and people had new, new, uh, you know, new uh, clothes on and stuff like that, and you know everybody's happy and waving to the governor. 
So, you know, and meanwhile, the other parts of the hospital they didn't show them were, were a mess, you know? Yeah, like when they're doing uh, lobotomies on people and experiments like that, you know? Stay away from right. that side. Let's, let's send them over here to the, the happy spot where the garden's at. Right. And there was dress nice, you know? Waving <laughs> their California flag, you know? It's like, come on. <clears throat> and it just took time. No, sir, stay away from that shock treatment machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go in there. Nothing to see over here, you guys. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> sad. And the Keeper of the Keys book, I remember that. Yeah. I think uh, uh, Sid and Mary Holt, Mary Holt was telling me about all that stuff during those times, too. Because uh, she did a lot of, uh, spending a lot of time at, at Camarillo as well. But interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm glad you're uh, able to get to Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were, uh, they were also in the, the documentary and they gave, they, uh, let me some, um, one of them was really interesting. Uh, I believe it was Mary. Uh, she was taking, uh, a medication for something and, uh, God, I can't remember. It's been, actually been a while since I've watched Hotel Camarillo, but the, one of the, one of the EDP she caught was talking about like, take them all. Yeah. Take, said, take them all when she was taking her pills, like take them all, you know, <laughs> in, it's kind of weird when you get EVPs that comment on the action you're doing then, not just help me or this and that. They're commenting on a specific action you're doing. Those are the greatest EVPs to capture. Yeah, and maybe, was it a patient saying that? Or maybe it was a saying, hey, yeah, take, take all these pills. Take them all right now. You know, who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's crazy stuff so when you were doing the uh, hotel Camarillo uh, did you feel anything yourself when you were there doing the, the filming or what was your experience personally for being there well um, I hardly ever feel anything when I'm on a, whether I'm on an investigation or not every once in a great while I'll feel a tingling, you know, in the back of my head. Very rarely, it can only last for a second. While everybody's jumping, but there's people I respect too. They're jumping around saying, oh my God, this is something around this, this and that. I don't feel anything, unfortunately. I mean, there was one point where they were seeing shadow people running up and down the hall on one side. I went down there, not to be a, not to be a dick, but I wanted to feel something. So I, please go ahead and touch me if you're here. Yeah. And I walked straight down the hallway waiting to be touched, you know, I really, I really wanted to experience that, you know, even I'm, even though I'm a open-minded skeptic and I, yeah. you know, all that, I still, if it's there, I want to, I want to feel it, you know, the unfortunately first. nothing like that happened. Right. The weirdest, the weirdest thing is, you know, when I'm not on an investigation, that's when I see, see weird stuff. When, when I'm, when I'm in an active investigation, when I'm a Camarillo, I don't see anything. You know, I, the only thing I saw was uh, when early on, when I went with 3 a.m., I saw what looked like little, uh, if you've seen, you've seen fireflies before, right? Absolutely. They, they move kind of slow. They, they fade in and they fade out and they fade in. These are going really fast like that. And I saw that down the hallway and they were white and they're right in the middle of the hallway. And the first thing I, I thought of was, I think someone was, I thought someone was messing with us with a laser pointer. 
but it, I'd never seen a white laser pointer before, you know? And so I mentioned it to the group. I mentioned Rebecca because she saw, I was, I saw something. I said, what are you seeing? And I, I told her what I was seeing. It was just, it's down the hallway right there. I was like, Oh, we, we see that all the time. That that's like, when something's trying to manifest itself. And it was so commonplace to them. They didn't care. You know, when I, when yeah. I was looking at it, what the hell is that? You know, I couldn't, I tried, I couldn't capture it on my camera, but I could see it, you know? And yeah. this is, a, that's the kind of thing that was common, commonplace to most of the investigators. They've all seen what I just started seeing. <laughs> so <laughs> unfortunately I didn't get really, well, maybe luckily I didn't get scratched or pushed. And I had a friend of mine that was, that was with me that was pushed when there she was walking down the stairs and uh, she felt that and nothing's ever interacted with me like that at Camarillo uh, or really anywhere. I mean, like I said, the only time things happening when I'm not on an investigation, for instance, we were, uh, I was out with a friend of mine at a bar and I saw something walking by. It was like a grayish mass. I saw it walking by. I don't drink by the way. So it wasn't a, it wasn't from beer. <laughs> I, Start walking by and I saw, and I turned my friend, I, I said, did you see that? But she was already looking. I said, you saw it too, didn't you? And she said, yeah, said, that is so awesome. You saw what I saw, you know, cool, I, I wish I had those kind of experience. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of a, a interaction at Camarillo, but unfortunately as much as I, I got so many hours of film, you wouldn't, you, you know, like I said, I can make five more documentaries. But I didn't capture anything like that, unfortunately. Just, just EVPs and door slams, and that's about it. <laughs> wow. And, but still, and I was looking, too, man. I'd say... Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You're opening yourself up to them saying, hey, I'm coming down this hallway. Everyone said they saw you. Just touch me. Come, come do something for me. And then like the spirits like looking at you and like, well, wait a minute, this guy wants us to touch him. Like, let's let's, let's hold hold off, guys. <laughs> you know, it's like why <laughs> that guy must be crazy. Stay away from that dude. Just, maybe it's one of those things. <laughs> they're used to the other investigators, so they're doing things for the other investigators, and you're kind of a new person. Like, well, let's let's see what this guy's all about. What's he gonna do? You know, something I, I noticed that too, because uh, uh, when we regularly went to Camarillo. We'd get like good 10 EVPs, no problem. When we introduce, when we bring a couple new people, it's like it was completely dead. Like there's nothing happening that entire day. We were there for a couple of hours and we didn't hear nothing. You know, it's like they, they have to, it's almost, it's almost like what the energy has to know you there before it'll start feel like they can interact with you. It's kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it seems like that when a, a core group goes there, we get a, you know, nor, it's normal uh, activity. When we bring some new people in, it's quiet. That's, that is something I've noticed over the years. And I say that to a lot of people, you know, go in there. If you're there for the first time, let them know about yourself. Let them know who you are. Um, don't be this stale old investigators that everybody watches on TV and all these TV shows are such bad examples of investigative work because they're trying to make these little quick episodes of all this crap. And, like, and I get it. It's just, it's just like uh, trying to streamline production videos just so they can make money and uh, whatever. 
<laughs> but if you're going into yeah. there, a new place, go in there with respect and just think about what if you were them, you know, go in there, introduce yourself to them. You're a new person. Try to have fun with the spirits. I do this whole music party thing where I go in there and I find out about what they're all, that era was about. And I, I have a night where I just play music for them and I put my meters out. I'm like, let's have fun, you guys. And then after a while, they're like, oh, that was that guy. He's back again. Cool. Let's, let's hang out with him. And I've gone to so many places so many times that have yeah. like brothels and all these things. And I've always tried to be friendly with all the spirits. I'll go there with certain psychics and they'll be like, oh, my God. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What's happening? Like, they're up there shouting your name, saying, hurry up, come on in. Hurry up, come up, you know, because they remember me from having a oh, good that's time. cool. And I want to have good times with yeah. the spirits. They deserve to have a good time. And I get such great evidence when I'm right. having fun with them. You know, I'm not even asking the questions. When did you die? Are you a demon? Are, you know, that kind of crap. It's like, no, 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 no. What was your favorite kind of ice cream? You remember ice cream? You know, that kind of stuff. What, what kind of music did you like? You know, do you like it outside? What's your favorite flower? Something totally different because they'll be like, oh, no one's ever asked me that. Well, my favorite flower is the, the, the dragon leaf and blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe you'll get something different. Make it fun. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, again, this is around 2011 or so, or 2012, when I went with uh, 3 a.m. Paranormal, uh, Rebecca would bring uh, M&Ms. So we brought See? some, we brought some uh, candy and some M&Ms. She, she put them on the floor, you know, just to see if there's any reaction. Sometimes we might get an EVP, sometimes not, but... Um, it was it was good to try new things like that, you know, to see what what kind. Of, I I bring, uh, for instance, I got some cigarettes that I bring every once in a great while. I don't smoke, but I'll bring them because uh, that's one of the main things in in life. People are into into uh, uh, football and smoking and stuff like that. And yeah. See if that would bring a response. Absolutely. I, I've been on an investigation where we had a little cooler of beers and we're just like, hey, you guys, you know, blah, blah. We did that at Linda Vista Hospital where we're filming there. Just put them up and, and just try to have fun, little, little offerings. And I think it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, it's a, I mean I've, I've done uh, just to start things out. I've done, you know, my name is this and this is the year 2023. And then I'll just get into other, like, laid-back questions, you know, just to see what, what, what could happen. Yeah, and that's what it's about. This is, hey, I'm here for my first time. You know, I want to interact with you. And if, if possible, my name is Stefan. You know, I, I'm into music. I'm a musician, and I, and I do this stuff. And I just want to, you know, you're introducing yourself to you. So after the second time you come back, you're no longer a stranger. They have an idea who who you are, and then when they get a feel about the way you do things or your personality, and these are these spirits are energy, so they're connecting with you. You know, you can try to pretend like you're somebody else, but they're getting in your mind. They know what's up, and they know if you if you're a cool person to hang out with, or if you're just there because you're trying to exploit them or whatever. You know, and I've said that at, at the McKay Mansion in, in um, Virginia City. They always talk about this one spirit. He's really tall. He's really mean to people. He's almost like a monster and hangs out in the garden. And I'm all thinking about it. I'm like, well, if I was the caretaker of this place and I had a bunch of jackasses coming in and asking me the same crap every day or every three hours, you know, when they're having these events, 
I'm just going to get grumpy and I'm going to go hang out in the garden until you guys leave because it's boring and you guys right. suck. Yeah. What's in it for me? But, if you, but every time I've gone there, I've had such great experiences because I'm doing the, hey, I'm here and it's all about you. What do you guys want to do? I have this little meter, a periscope, and it's got a 360 and it points in different directions. I used to say, hey, take me somewhere cool. What do you want to show me? Take me. And all of a sudden, I'll point in one direction. I'll just follow it like a guide. And I've, and I've done that there. And I've, I've never come across anything negative. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to scratch you or punch you or bite you and blah, blah. It's like That hasn't happened to me there at all. I think it's just the way people go in there trying to investigate, especially those stupid TV shows. Where people are like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of that. There's, yeah, I, I've heard of places like Rolling Hills Asylum and Waverly and stuff that this ghost is here, this ghost is here, this one's over here. This is this is who you're going to interact with. No other ghost. Then this guy has this personality. This guy has that personality. If you're getting anything else, you did it wrong. The best thing oh. about Camarillo is there's no docents there to tell you. This is what you're going to experience right here. You know, you're, you investigate for yourself and you find out for yourself what's there or what's not there. That's the, that's the best thing about places that aren't, that aren't uh, heavily monitored, let's say. Yeah, because, I mean, how can they tell you that? Well, this ghost hangs out right here only. He doesn't really leave this area. <laughs> so how do you know? What if he's got to go to the ghost bathroom over Yeah, there? Exactly. He wants to go visit his other ghost friends <laughs> on the other floor. They're not trapped, right. not chained down like zoo animals or something. They're spirit, they're human spirits, right. and they act just like people. They're going to hang out and visit who they want to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think, especially at that's Camarillo, why sometimes I. Oh yeah, there are some places I go to. I don't do a whole lot of. In investigation that has to do with paranormal i'll investigate the place the history of it but i'll wait till i get home to, to read the the paranormal stuff about it you know when i get there i'll just want to see what i can capture oh this is cool it said michael wonder why it said michael and then i'll yeah. i'll read about the paranormal stuff and maybe a couple other people uh captured michael you know so yeah. um that's a really great a good way to correlate your your work yeah, maybe right. it was someone who worked there, or a doctor, or maybe a well-known patient, or whatever. You know, you find out the history of it after the fact. You're like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. That was that person. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it's really cool to find. It's like a, it's like a detective story, and you find out that stuff and put the put all the pieces together. You know. Yeah, and that's what I love about that kind of stuff. That's why I like the documentary stuff, and I. And for with my Parafix show, uh, I started doing it that way. I didn't want to do the same stuff that everyone else is doing, you know, the creepy intros and like, oh, my God, we heard about this here, right here on the stairs, blah, blah, blah. And they do the jump scare stuff and, oh, my God, run, you know, it, that doesn't do it for me. I want to <laughs> right. know why that building's there, who put it there, who the people who work there, what happened there, and, what, you know, I want to know the history. I want to know the place. It's not just about a bunch of jump scares in some place that's an urban legend. I just want to know about yeah. the people, places, and things there. You know, that makes it better for me. I I just talked about this a week or so ago for, on another program, but I've met a lot of people that used to work at Camarillo, 
And there's two different types of factions, it seems. There's one faction that said, oh, I worked there at mid graveyard shift. I worked there for 25 years. There's no such things as ghosts there. There's been, there was no torture there. There's no maltreatment there. Everybody was treated with kindness and respect and oh, get out of here sure. with your ghost stories, you know? And then there's other people that I meet. So I go to, I do some of these horror conventions where I was selling DVDs and people come up to my table and go, I used to work here. And they're, they're looking at the documentary like they're seeing a ghost, you know? They're, they're picking up the DVD. I said, did you see any paranormal stuff? And they turn me and go, like that. They don't even want to say it, you know? And I said, uh, what did you see? He said, oh, I don't want to talk about it, you know? But yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff there. And and I, I asked the questions. go, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. And then they they buy the documentary, but they wouldn't they wouldn't talk to me though. They wouldn't tell me any new stories. <laughs> they wow. were just They're on scared, spooked, you know. So, yeah, they yeah. Relive it. Yeah, they, were, they didn't want to. It seemed like they didn't even want to talk about it because it might stir something up and follow them home or something. But they they did take the DVD home though. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. They don't want to relive those moments or talk about it because the the demon from the hospital might follow them home or do something to them, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I I do believe. I've, I mean, uh, I've. What was that? Sorry. Point? I I believe. Oh well, uh, I've I've. I've Yeah, I've talked to some uh, people that were in the documentary uh, and they've had things follow them home before, but it's not, I mean, there wasn't plates being thrown against the wall and stuff like that. They just noticed a couple of things, maybe moved or talked to them at night or something like that. And it only happened, it only lasts for like a day or two. It's not that a, a ghost moved in and now they're there like an extra, like an extra roommate or something like that, yeah. you know, that's going to throw stuff every, every other day. <laughs> well, one of my theories on that is the spirit, you know, when you open yourself up and you're having a good time with the spirit, the spirit might like you and they might go home with you just to check out your place and see what you're all about. But it doesn't, it's not permanent. It's like there for a day or so. And then it kind of just moves back onto where it was going before. You know? Yeah. I remember uh, one of the psychics that we were with uh, kind of explained, it's like a, they're on like a rubber band. They'll follow you home. But they can only stay for a little while, and then the rubber band brings them back to their or point of origin or something. Yeah, I say, absolutely. I, I mean, it sounds sounds interesting. Yeah, sure. Why not? It it, it makes sense. You know, I've I've done that with investigations. I've brought things home before. One time we uh we brought home uh, a spirit of a cat, and I saw the cat, and I thought that was interesting, and I didn't say anything to my roommate. And then my roommate mentioned it to me. He's all, did you see the black cat? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, black cat. And I saw the corner of my eye. <laughs> and it was this big old fluffy cat, kind of black and gray. And it was heading over towards me, right? And then what I caught my eye is, you know when cats get yeah. close to you and they, before they get to you, they do that big stretch and they bend their back out right before they get to you? It did that. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. My roommate yeah. saw the black cat. I'm like, oh, dude, really? And then it, we heard someone like digging through the the trash in the kitchen and 
they had like cans on the on the counter and you hear like <laughs> hitting tap like a cat was messing with it. I'm like, really? And then I happened to mention it at a, at a barbecue. <laughs> was there, and she was like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing. We had this weird experience where where we're, uh, we had we saw a cat that came home with us, and, and we we're describing the cat, and she looks at me and goes, "That's fluffy." I'm like, "What?" She's all, "Yeah, that's our cat Fluffy. She disappeared like three years ago." <laughs> I'm all, "Well, Fluffy's kicking back at my house right now, knocking cans off the counter, so she's doing just fine." But it, it was like an eight and a half of that. I was like, "Really? What's going on here?" It was really strange, but pretty cool at the same time. And why not? That is pretty. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so that that opened up some some eyes for me when I was thinking about it. So it it made a lot of sense. Um, I, I know you've been to Linda Vista, um, that's kind of in your area. Uh, what about experiences there? I had the first time I saw a shadow person was in Linda Vista and that kind of threw me for a loop because we're coming down this long hallway. It was me and, uh, Tara Mead and we're just talking and we're getting towards the end of the hallway. And all of a sudden it's like at the corner, this like shadow gets up. And starts moving, and I'm like just talking to her, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, where's where's this guy going? Like, what what's going on? And I look to see if there's somebody behind us with a flashlight, and there's not. There's just this really tall shadow thing just getting up, and just kind of slowly moving out of our way and going into this other room. I'm like, what the hell? And then you look in the other room, and it was just a bunch of hospital beds. So I'm just, it kind of threw me for a loop, and I had to, <laughs> my brain had to like process for. Pr- process it for a minute because I wasn't sure what was happening. We're like, what? What the hell? But uh, any experiences like that for you at Linda Vista? I I was at Linda Vista a lot. I mean, hours and hours there. Um, and nothing, I, I didn't get anything. I didn't even get EVPs there. But oh, I, I loved being there. I loved filming. I filmed a bunch of stuff there, you know. And sometimes uh, the caretaker would tell us, you know, he's going to go home for the night. You stay as long as you want. I don't care what you film. I said, oh, this is cool. Okay, so we film stuff. And uh, nothing really happened to me there. I went to a lot of events there. And uh, people are telling me their stories about all the, like I said, the shadow, like you said, the shadow people happening. And, and for instance, uh, 3 a.m. was telling me they saw this, this shadow thing appear on a wall yeah. next to them and they said they were so freaked out they didn't even move their camera they just saw it and they're just frozen you know and he's and uh one of i don't know if it's rebecca or, or joe said they were there when 3 a.m I'm, I'm sorry with uh ghost adventures and while they were filming they saw something run down the hallway and they, they mm-hmm. all all of them the ghost adventures and 3 a.m ran down the hallway to see if they could see it and they said it was so cool to be there with ghost adventures running down a hall chasing a shadow person, you know? <laughs> and I thought, I said, too bad they don't put out like an extended version of that episode they did to see, yeah, if, to see if that happened. That would be amazing. Right. Now, the funny thing is, like I said, I didn't get any evidence there, but that's the first place that I heard a disembodied voice. It was the very first place I heard a disembodied voice. <laughs> I was. They had a movie night there. I think the, the movie is called The Orphanage. They showed that in one oh, of the yeah, big rooms. Yeah. And at the, yeah, at the end, uh, everybody was filing out. There was maybe one or two, two or three people in the in the room, 
And right behind my head, like right here, I heard someone say, Wayne, like that. And I thought it was just a regular person, right? There was a female voice. I turned around and there's nobody there. And I'm looking around. I'm, I'm looking over here and over here. And I said, where'd that person go? You know? And uh, there was only, there's a couple people in front of me. And so uh, I went up to them. One of them I knew, his name was Lewis. I knew, and I didn't know there was, he had a, talking to a, a female. And uh, I said, did, did one of you guys say my name? And they said, no. And then the woman said, I don't even know your name. You know? <laughs> so oh, wow. I didn't tell anybody because, you know, I'm a, I'm a skeptic, of course. So I didn't tell anybody for like three days. I was trying to figure it out. Trying to, okay. How could this have happened? Could, could uh, someone be calling me from outside and it bounced off the wall? And I thought I heard it behind me. But after, after a while, that's what skeptics do. They, they overanalyze stuff. That's what we do. And then you, you get so far as it, be, it becomes ridiculous. Well, maybe it bounced off the wall and it was here and down the hallway and it came through a, came through a heat pipe and that's what you heard. Yeah. You know? After a while, you just say, you know what? That's, that's silly. So you, you heard someone call your name that's sitting right behind your ear. I don't know what it was. If you don't want to call it a ghost, don't call it a ghost. But it was something there and you heard it. Like as if someone yeah. was right behind you. And you can't dismiss that because you're a skeptic. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially in a place like that. Uh, I was with Lewis downstairs in yeah. uh, in a certain area. And it was by the emergency rooms. And we we're doing some EVP work, right? And he's like trying to give an example of two uh -huh. people that are standing there. And, he, and he's like, all right, uh, let's try this. Spirit, if you're here... Can you say something for us? And waited a couple of seconds and then played it back. And there was a woman's voice. And she said, move out of the way. And we're just like, what does she mean? <laughs> move out of the way. What? And then we realized we are standing exactly in front of the emergency room, the doors. The, the doors that you push open and go to the, go to the op, operating areas. So what maybe there was some kind of uh -huh. residual thing happening. They're still doing their job and working on people, but we were obviously in the way. So we're like, right. that's an intelligent EVP because we're standing right here in the middle of the way because we're a bunch of jackasses not thinking about it. And she's telling us to get out of the way. So it was awesome to hear that and, and to experience something like that. I, I noticed more from the first documentary, Night Stalkers, that uh, – I was introduced to ITC, Instrumental Transcommunication. And that's the, what, is, what people call spirit box now. And, you know, when I first heard about it, I said, you got to be kidding me. Of course, you're going to hear uh, no voices on the radio. This is stupid. But I, the more, more I experienced it, the more I saw this is impossible that it's not something. You know, because it, it would say, you know, what is, what is this person's name? And it says the person's name right away. Yeah. You know, and I was like, how, how could that, how would that happen? Plus, when it was explained to me, the, the, the uh, signals only on uh, each, each station, like a quarter of a second. And if you get a full sentence in the same one voice saying something, that's almost impossible, you know, just to be a radio uh, voice, you know? Yeah. And uh, from Linda Vista, what I understood, Sarah, that was there, she said, you've been here so much. That I hear your name on ITC all the time. I hear Poe, Wayne Poe, 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 like that. And uh, 
even 3 a.m. was telling me about that. Even when I'm not with them, my name would come up. This is all during the production of Night Stalkers. We even went to the Barn Theater in Porterville, and it did it. It did it there too. It said my name over and over again. That's awesome. So at first, I thought I thought they're. I I was trying to see if they're really messing with me. You know why are they telling me this? But then I was there and I saw it. No one's no one's got a secret like a prank prank radio with my name in it. You know, it's it'd be it'd be stupid to think that. You know. But uh, yeah. I, it happened a lot. It still happens to this day. My name will, my name will come up, you know. Wow. And uh, wow. it's a funny thing. When I go to other, other skeptics, I, I, I'm considered not exactly a skeptic anymore, I guess. When I show them this information, I said, there's something. I know you don't want to. I know there's a lot not to believe, but there's something going on. And I show them the, the evidence where it's saying my name. I said, well, your name is simple. If your name was Ambramowitz then I would believe it more. But your name is Poe. It could be Joe, Poe, Hole, whatever. You know, so they didn't really want to believe, you know. Like I said, skeptics skeptics don't want the wool pulled over their eyes. That's the one thing they worry about the most. They don't want to be fooled. So they'll they'll yeah. explain everything away. You know, <laughs> that's just how we for maybe formerly me are. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't I don't dismiss anything out of hand anymore like I used to. It's funny. It's funny you say that because when I started learning about ITC, you know, obviously the Frank's box and all that early stuff came out and the shack hack. And I was doing the, the grand Warner uh, theater one night and was like, Oh, let's break up the shack hack. And, you know, we'll talk to the spirits. We'll hear them talk to us. And they turned it on. And all I'm hearing is radio commercials and radio and, and they're, they're, they're doing a audio matrixing, and I'm like, oh my god, you hear it? It totally said, you know, it welcomed us and blah blah blah. And I'm not hearing that. I'm just like, what? What's going on? This is just garbage. Right. I never really took it serious. Then I met up with Joe, and Joe was showing me some other stuff that he was using and how he was doing it. And, and I really got into ITC because of Joe Mendoza, uh, kind of brought me to that. And he's like, yeah, let's do this and have some fun. And so we started doing that. And it was a little bit better. I'm like, okay, this is getting closer. But I'm still kind of on the fence. And then it was uh, right. Schultz goes, well, here. Here's an SB7. Take it home and play with it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, we'll see. And I took it to a, a well-known haunted location, a house that I knew that was pretty intense. Well, let's just turn it on and see what it does, whatever, you know. And we turned <laughs> that thing on. And there was this voice. And it wasn't even scanning. This thing was just like, this guy was pissed. He told he told us that we're a bunch of jerks. And, and uh, he was calling us names, like totally cursing. And it was like overwhelming. And you could just feel the energy yeah. rising in the room. I'm, I'm like, my arm, the hair on my arm standing up. And I was like, hold on, hold on, dude. Just well, hold on, man. We just want to ask some questions. And my 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 tech guy was there, and he was getting all confused. He's like, well, what are we doing? And then the voice goes, looking for ghosts. And he started calling us assholes, and all of a sudden he says, <laughs> I'm in a place where I don't want to be kicked. And I was like, oh, hold on. I'm trying to, trying to make peace with this guy right away to start over. But it was just like so legit. I was like, what the hell? But it changed everything for me. I mean, I think Tara was there with like, trying to take a picture, and she just like freaked out, and she goes, I got to get something in the house. So I was 
Yeah, I, I I like uh I, I had a long, I have had long I had long talks with Joe about ITC and how the different theories are and how maybe the the ghosts are using the uh, the static to try to make make sound make sounds make sentences and things like that and actually um it was uh, Lewis who showed me another thing it's almost like natural ITC because there's a couple places in Camarillo where you'd hear the heat pipes banging, you know, the bang, 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 yeah. like that, you know, like making all bang. kinds of noise. And some of them would, would bang uh, down the hallway and you could hear the echo going down the hallway, you know? Yeah. And he captured voices off of the, off of that sound. He'd capture, he'd capture uh, EDPs that were used. It's like, it sound, it looked like they were, it was using the sounds to make, to help make a voice to be heard, you know? Like he, he, he played yeah. a, he played a recording for me. This is early on in Night Stalkers, and he heard the bangs, and then you hear a voice following the following the echo, like "What do you want?" Like that, you know. I said, "That is freaky, man." <laughs> yeah, that's how it's done. You got to create a sound wave of some type for them to manipulate it, so they can get that vocal structure over it. That's awesome. Excellent. Well, Wayne, we've only got a few minutes yeah, left. Uh, um, I, for those who want to find out more about you and the stuff that you've done, how would they be able to uh, either get a hold of you or do some research on you? I have an Instagram, uh, Mr. Pose Morg, which has a link tree to everything I've got. I've do, I do have a website, MrPoseMorg.com. It hasn't been updated in a couple of years. There's probably nothing there. I don't even know what's there right now. If you go to my Instagram, you find me on Instagram, Mr. Pose Morg. I has a I have a link tree in my bio. It's got links to everything, my YouTube channels, my uh, my Facebook, all that stuff is is TikTok. It's all it's all there in the the link tree right there. Uh, you can find that there, and also Night Stalkers and Hotel Camarillo is available on Amazon Prime right now. That's right. For those of you who want to find out a little bit more about Wayne, do exactly that. Look him up on Instagram. You can go to Amazon and find the documentaries, order them. They're fantastic. Uh, I hope you're going to be doing more of them because uh, it would be great to see more of your view of the paranormal and what you're seeing and experiencing as well. So, Wayne, thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it. It's good to have you back on the show. It's been a few years, so I'm glad we had a chance to catch up. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And we will be yeah. talking soon. Thanks Hope for having me on, man. All right, Wayne. You have a good night. Thank you. See you soon. All right, everybody. That is Wayne Poe. Um, highly recommended documentor on the paranormal. And like you said, he's not just trying to find uh, people running around with their quick scare stuff like we see on YouTube. And that's all great, I guess, you know, if you're into that stuff. But people like me really want to know about the location, even if it's a house, someone's doing a haunted house. You know, we always try to do some groundwork. Was What if something was on these places before? What's the history of this location? You know, everything that has a haunting has some type of story behind it, why it's haunted, how it became haunted. And I want to know more about those kind of places, you know. Um, 
we hear stories about places like Griffith Park, which is so massive, but there's so many key elements of the curse of Griffith Park, which it's just a great story, you know? And I think it'd be awesome if someone did a documentary on that. Who knows? I'm doing a lot of work over there and doing some studies on that place as well. Uh, maybe I can contribute this to whoever might be doing a film on it. That'd be great. But I want to see more research and stuff like that. You know, I'm looking for the real stuff. The stuff that's going to make me understand why this place is there, who those people were, the things they had to go through. You know, if, if they're still haunting it, tell me why they're still haunting it. You know, maybe I can go there and visit them and get their story myself. Because that's what investigative and research is really all about. Learning about stuff. Not just doing the weekend warrior thing with your uh, camera and your flashlight running around a graveyard. That's all great, too. You know, but it's really the moment where you decide what kind of investigator you want to be and learning about the history of locations and the hauntings of histories uh, really, really does it for me because that's what the stuff that I'm looking for. So if you guys have any questions uh, and if you guys want to reach out to, to Wayne uh, through the YouTube channel or whatever, put some comments in there, go ahead and, and uh, make sure you subscribe, like the video, uh, and if you want to ask him questions through the YouTube channel, we will make sure to send those and forward those to him so he can get back to you. So with that being said, that's going to be it for this episode of My Darkest Hour. Hope you guys had a good time, and we will see you next time right here on My Darkest Hour. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.